Hello again, everybody. This is Lance Russell with Championship Wrestling with another big week. Join us right now. Hey. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome to the Double Drop Kick Show. I'm Heath Mulligan. And I'm Mark Whitman. And we just finished a uh, lunch, and now I'm ready for a nap. Me too, boy. So the, we're so we've kind of recorded things out of order today, and that's all right. Uh, this is going to be kind of a catch-all. A little bit of wrestling, a little bit of pop culture, uh, a little bit of just catching up. We What, what we like to call shooting the scat. That's right. Shoot, normally we do it first thing in the morning. And we, we didn't. Because uh, you were hot about something. Yeah, I got mad <laughs> about the refrigerator. Um so we're not sure when you're listening to this. I think it's probably coming out the Friday before SummerSlam. We're releasing two episodes today because we're giving. We're giving people. That's what we do. And then over the next three weeks, you'll hear the end of our uh, tournament. So, Mark, uh, before we get into the wrestling stuff, we're going to talk mainly about Big Van Vader, but some about the other uh, wrestling personalities who have passed away recently. Uh, let's talk about it. this. Is a movie you and I hyped up, and we both have seen it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! We're going to be talking about this movie. So if you hadn't seen it, you don't want to know about it. Fast forward, multiple hit the buttons multiple times. Fifteen seconds. Fifteen seconds. Let's talk about the Meg. Okay. What do you think? What do you want to talk about? I want to talk about the movie The Meg. Okay. It was pretty much what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I it thought it was Jason Statham versus uh, not one, but two giants. Yes, sharks. yes. How shocked were you? Uh, not shocked at all. Really? No. Nah, nah. Okay. I guess I was shocked um, when I saw the shark hanging up. Right. I was like, "Well, I, let me say, let me." I knew yeah. at that point that there was another shark. Yeah. Okay. But I was shocked when they killed the first one, you know? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was just going to be a shark. Yeah. Um, obviously, I guess we all did. But, yeah. But, you know, then to see... when as soon as, the, as soon as I saw that one hanging up, yeah. and then the guy jumped off in the water, I was like, oh, man. Yeah. This poor guy. He, yeah. He's about to get chomped. Right. You know? And, of course, he <laughs> did. Uh, but, yeah, it was, it was what I thought it was going to be, man. The only disappointing thing about it to me... Uh, was the beach scene with okay. all the people in the water? Okay, I thought they kind of had an opportunity there, to, but they want. They, from what I understand, they were going for a PG thirteen. Right. I think if he had chomped on too many people, it would have. If there's too much blood, they would have got an R rating. Right. Um, that's the only reason I can figure. But I thought they missed an opportunity there. Uh, have a lot of fun. I, th- I it was a very entertaining movie to me. I would see it again. I was I was thoroughly. It was, was was what I thought it was. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't disappointed. At all. And um, my kids, uh, you know, my kids enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it taught a good lesson. The young boy who was kind of talking back to his mother, "I want to go in," I want, and she lets him go in, and he almost get. I thought that was a good lesson for <laughs> the youth of America. Uh-huh. And it just proves uh, shark movies always do well, man. dude. People the theater, have, uh, yeah. I have been to a lot of movies recently, and it by far was the most full. Oh, it shocked everybody. Like, I read an article about um, 
about like how much it made versus what it made like twice what they thought. It yes, was, yes, going to make. So they were extraordinarily happy with. Yeah. See, on the flip side, a few days before that, I had seen the new Mission Impossible, which I really liked. There were maybe 10 of us Mm -hmm. in the theater. Um, I haven't seen it yet. I love those movies, but I haven't had a chance to see it yet. I I did not like whichever one this is. The one before I thought was terrible. Really? Didn't like it at all. This one, however, was really... uh, I, I just really enjoyed it. I loved it. the the ghost protocol. I think when he climbed the big building in India. See, that might have been the one I didn't like. I think that's the one you liked. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember. He always does these crazy. Did you, Maybe the one I didn't like was the one where he grabbed onto the airplane. Okay, yeah, that was the last. May, one. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. The the building that was a good one. Yeah. yeah. Uh. But those have, that's been a nice little series of movies. You know, they are with, I know what I'm getting. Yeah. It's not a, I just, uh, you know, I, when I went to saw the Meg, I was not expecting the Godfather. Right. I knew that I was getting a movie that was not going to be great. Right. But that was going to be fun. I loved when uh, the shark had the cage in its mouth and yeah. he was trying to eat the whole cage yeah. with the woman in it and Statham just dove in the water. Yeah. And then Dwight Schrute went, oh, hell yeah. You know, like, yeah. like he said yeah. what everybody was thinking. Yeah. Like, here we go. Like, now, yeah. now this movie's about to kick into high gear. You know? Right, right. Uh, I don't know who makes up these rules for how sharks act, though. Yeah. In the movies. Right. <laughs> like, oh, you can get in the water with him. It'll be fine as long as you're not threatening. Right. <laughs> Where did that come from? Quit, when did that don't, become? Don't splash around. Yeah, when did that become a rule? You're fine in the water as long as you're not swimming aggressively. Now, you had mentioned this on the episode where we talked about this, and I had forgotten about it because I forgot that these is based on a book. Uh-huh. And I liked, once I went back and started reading what the books were about, and there's like six of these books. One of them is getting ready to come out now. Uh-huh. Um, I liked... Okay, like if you'd read the books, there's a lot of tie-ins uh-huh. with uh, the the first book and how he's connected with oh yeah man the megalodon and there's like a I guess there's a whole list of sea creatures in that book yeah that, yeah 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 that wind up coming to light I haven't read any of them I just right maybe that's a hey if you guys want to start a book club Heath and Mark read <laughs> uh, monster uh, monster uh, movie books or, or whatever but yeah I thought it was very uh, entertaining. You said you had not seen uh, Ant Man and Wasp. No. Uh, I just downloaded uh, Infinity War. I'm about yeah. to give it a second watch. Yeah. Uh, I almost bought it yesterday, but I, I didn't. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Uh, you know, again, that's a movie you can't pass judgment on until you've seen the second part of it. Right. And that's kind of what I'll, I just, I, was going to watch it, and then I decided, no, I think I would be better to wait until the next one comes out to watch it again. Right, right. Um, have we talked about Jurassic World yet? I haven't seen it. Incredibles 2? I hate the movies. I hate, you hate going to the I movies. I love yeah. the movies. Yeah. I used to love going to the movies, right. but now people are yeah. there, and yeah. people don't have any social skills anymore. They don't. Nobody. Nobody's taught their children how to act at a movie theater. So right. there's 
and then they don't know how to act because they don't know how to act in a movie theater. And I'm sitting there and I'm watching cell phones light up and yeah. people getting up and going to the bathroom using their cell phones as flashlights. And, you know, I you think know. that's one good thing about living in Seneca. Is it cellular it, technology hasn't made its way here yet? Well, I'm just saying, everything you're saying, like, I haven't had those experiences at our theater yet. Really? Like, I, I think it's, I'm saying that because I don't think there's as many people there. Yeah, right. Because most of the time when I've gone to the movies, and maybe I'm, you know, what's the word? Psychologically doing this on purpose, going when there's not going to be as many people there. Oh, I try to do that too. I like Wednesday at two thirty. Oh golly, yeah. I try to go to the movies. Um, because two and there's two movie theaters in Anderson. Yeah, and one of them, for the most part, is where the people like me go. Yeah, it's where the people that want to watch the movie, they put their cell phones up. They don't yeah. talk. They grab their snacks. The only thing that you'll hear in the movie theater is the rustling of cellophane as they yeah. open their, you know what I mean? Yeah. And occasionally one of the morons that goes to the other theater will come there. Ah. Uh, and you can just tell he's not. Like, you know, not one of our people. Yeah, he's not one of our people. Uh, because the other one is where all the idiots go. Yeah. That's the where cell, we the go. The cell phone users yeah. and the talkers and the flashlights to go to the bathroom crowd. They all go to the other theater and they can be morons together. Yeah. and I, You know what I mean? Stay there and quit coming to our movie theater for the, the grown-ups. Quit ruining my life. want to watch movies. Yeah. You know? So when I go, but we had to go to the stupid movie theater, oh. the stupid people theater, too. And if you're one of those people that uses a cell phone, then, then you're stupid. Yeah, it says clearly. You know what I mean? I'm, if that offends you, then stop using your cell phone and you won't be offended anymore. Yeah. And we're talking about during the movie. Like you want to get on your movie, you know. Well, here's the problem with those with the theaters now. They advertise the whole time for you to use your cell phone to in- interact with the screen, <laughs> and then right before the movie comes on, they say, "All right, put your cell phones up." Right. You know. Right. Whereas they should be driving the like they should be somebody in the back of the theater. Yeah. That walks down and says, "All right, you're out." Yeah. And you wouldn't have to do that, but for like a month. Right. And right. it would stop. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Or have somebody at the door as people come in, please turn your cell phones off. Cell phones off. Cell phones off. Or have somebody back there throwing everybody out that talks and uses a cell phone. Or a sniper. Hey, I'm fine with that. I put Jason Voorhees in the back of the theater and say, all right, Jason, using a cell phone during this theater is the equivalent to having premarital sex and smoking marijuana. And killing your mother. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> uh so i i went on i still have movie pass i'm a sucker i can still watch three movies a month for nine dollars and seneca you get unlimited popcorn in a tub i mean it's a great yeah, deal I when i go to other theaters and I, they don't give me unlimited popcorn i feel like but do you get up during the middle of the movie and go get more popcorn are you one of those people let me tell you what mark we normally have finished the first tub before the well, there's Trailers a bunch of y'all, yeah, I guess. Uh, See, I can get unlimited popcorn, but I don't want to get up and go get more popcorn in the middle of the movie. Oh, I have no problem doing that if I absolutely have to. But you might miss something important. I, I have see, but that's the thing. I go during if there's if there's a, a rest hold on Raw, you know, or somebody oh, gets thrown out of the ring, you know there's a commercial going. Mm-hmm. I knew I know you kinda know in a movie. When, okay, they're about to start talking, and I've timed it 
I know how long it takes me to go to the bathroom, get the popcorn. Now, that second batch of popcorn is not going to be layered like that first batch. Uh-huh. It's just going to be it's going to be thrown together. It's not going to be perfect, but it's still going to be popcorn. I love popcorn. Man. I do, too. I enjoy Lord popcorn have mercy. Myself. I love me some. I enjoy popcorn also. But anyway, I still have movie pass. It's If I can see three movies that I want to see in a month, it's still a good deal. But I was on uh, Flickster, and I was looking at the upcoming movies. And I think the word that I want to use is slim pickings. Yeah. It's like the Meg was the last good movie for the next four months. Well, he got Halloween coming out. Well, no, I'm, I'm saying between now and like, basically September well, is yeah. a waste. It seemed like there was something coming out in September I really wanted to see, though. I there can't. might be one, yeah. I don't remember right now. Venom I, comes out this I fall. I told you, like, for me, the natural progression of Movie Pass, which I would love, is if I could pay, and I would even, I said five, I would say ten. Yeah. If I could pay $10 a month. Yeah. To be able to subscribe. Yeah. To something uh-huh. where I could also then buy new release movies. Yeah. I said ten, I would double that. If I could pay ten a month. Yeah. For the ability to pay $20 a movie to watch it at my house the day it comes out. You would do that. I would do that. Yeah. And I would avoid the stupid people. I could watch it at my leisure. I don't have to deal with idiots in the movie theater. Right. Talking and getting on. I've had, I was in a movie theater one time. This woman's cell phone rang. She picked it up and started talking. Nothing. I'm just sitting here watching this movie. Really? Yes. Oh, my. If I didn't ever have to deal with that again, oh, it'd be so great. Yeah. You know, people do that in church sometimes. I believe it. People do that. At, why is it? We do it everywhere now. Like, cell phones are ruining our lives, and we don't even see it. Right. I just bought a new one yesterday, yeah. <laughs> and I knew yeah. going in, I was like, I said, I think I would just like to go back to a flip phone. Yeah. And cut all of this out of my life. Yeah. And not have to deal with any of it, but you can't. You like I don't. I mean, that's what that's our computer now. That's yeah. how we're connected to everything. They are ruining our lives, man. Right. They just lead us to this. You watch these people post only the good stuff in their life, or it's only the negative stuff. Nobody's ever like, well, I got up, had to go to work today, and it was just one of those days where I got home about the normal time, had a pretty decent supper, and I got up and going to do it again tomorrow. It's either, you should start posting that every day. I should. Just like the most mundane. Well, I'm living life most days so that I can do something real nice next month. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> I am. Um, Hashtag blessed. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> you, when you said that the other day, oh, that was awesome. That got a <laughs> pop out of me. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, I think, you, I think you're right. I'm, I mean, I know you're right, you know. Um, every, you think of all the stuff we do with our phones. It's got our mm-hmm. GPS. It's like it's got all our music. It's got our podcast. It's got it's got our camera where we document right. every step we take and never look at it. Yeah. What if you start? What if you just started taking pictures of just like a regular, like just this half drank bottle of water I got. Just right. Just snap pictures. It's like it's like I'm almost done with this. Yeah. I'm most done with this ordinary bottle of water. You know, but that's the thing. So, like, you see your friends now, like, uh, maybe a month from now we'll be doing something, which I won't post it till I get right. back. But I don't like people to know when I'm not going to yeah. be at my house. Right. Because I don't know everybody that's listening to us. Yeah. And I don't know everybody on my Facebook and my Twitter, right. you know. 
So I don't want everybody to know. And if I'd offend you, I'm sorry. Right, you know, right. I mean, if I've ever talked to you, I'm probably not worried about you. Right. It's the people that I don't know. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, but you see all this stuff, and, man, people just post this great stuff in their life, and then it creates this thing in you where you're like, man, I wish I was living a life right. like that. When you don't see – I, you know, people love the chicken salad, but they don't want to see the chicken get slaughtered. Right, 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 right. No, that's exactly you know, right. I mean, I take a awesome vacation yeah. once a year, but you don't see what I do to get it. Right, you right. Know, there's a reason that we hadn't recorded in six weeks. That's right. That's right. And uh, so I get, I'm willing to give up some of the things that I enjoy doing in order to have the outcome of me being able to be better. And do the other things that you really enjoy to do. Right. Right. I mean, I still, but I get back to doing all the things that I enjoy doing, but sometimes you got to be willing to make a little sacrifice in life right. to get somewhere. Different seasons. Yes. You know, yes. It's just, so you got to grow up sometimes. Nobody wants to sacrifice anymore. They don't. They want everything. You know, I feel like I ought to be in upper management and you ain't even got a college degree and you've never worked in the industry before. And you got a metal, you used to have a metal plate in your head. Now it's been replaced with plastic. And if it's getting dented, your part ain't going to look right. Well, uh, cell phones are awful. And you just got a new one yesterday. And And you got like the biggest one they got, didn't you? Yeah. And I don't even know why. As soon as you walked in, the guy knew. No, he didn't. Because I went, uh, he said, hey, what can I help you with? I said, well, we just want to. Browsing around for a minute. Right. And he goes, well, what are you looking for? And at that point, I said, like I said, I'm going to look around for a few minutes. Yeah. And then I'll let you know what I need. Yeah. He said, and he got it. The good salesman understands. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I can always tell somebody who's just started mm-hmm. sales because they always push and I always leave. Yeah. But the good ones, the ones who actually can it make is, a living at yeah. sales, when you say – for the second time, because that's their job. They got to. Right. Uh, but the second time I say to somebody, like I said, I'm going to look around. If I need you, I'll let you know. Yeah. The good ones get it. And, and they at that, always back off. And at that point, they should say, here's my card. My name is Heath. Mm-hmm. If you need anything, come see me. And the good ones do. Right. The ones that always, almost always wind up getting a sale from me. When I bought my, my new car, mm-hmm. it was the same way. Yeah. I'd been up there and looked, and mm-hmm. this and that and the other. And I waited, and I told him several times. I just, and when I was finally ready, I said to the guy, I want to drive that one. Yeah. And I bought that one. Yeah. You know? Because I knew. I'd, I just need to do a little research. Yeah, that's right. You know? Now it used to be, it's reversed. Now it used to be the car salesman knew everything about every car on the lot. Right. Now... And because you, there was no way for you to research uh-huh. unless you went to your grandfather's house and he had consumer reports and you could read Did yours because mine always had consumer uh, oh reports. yeah yeah and then that was his uh, thing, boy. oh yeah and they never bought anything in there i'm like <laughs> papa like papa you got you don't own any of this stuff it's like well yeah well, if i ever do need one <laughs> i'll know the best um but now you can do all the research yourself, and the salesman doesn't know anything. Right. Because I remember telling the salesman something about our – I forget what it was, but he went, really, it'll do that? <laughs> we got in a van one time, and the guy knows we got three kids. 
and we get in the van for a test drive and I crank it up and I said does this have rear air he said oh yeah it's right and he said wait a minute this doesn't have rear air it's like wait a minute man I got three kids like I don't need to drive this car I am not right buying this car it's like well you know we can have that i'm like i don't think you heard me i'm not buying this car it doesn't have rear air i got three kids right and it's just like oh it's crazy man i tell you and this is unsolicited from them they did not pay for this at all because why would they right but if you're looking to buy a new car now i'm gonna go ahead and tell you this and then i'll tell you the downside yeah you go to truecar.com. Yeah. And you sign up. Yeah. For truecar.com. Right. And they're going to, you're going to, they're going to think you're serious about buying a vehicle now. Yeah. They know if you're doing this, you are. And they're going to give you the three in your area. Anybody that signed up with them will give you the three best deals that they got. Right. From three different dealerships. Right. So before you even go into a dealership, you can kind of yes. already have an idea. That's right. Of what you can expect to pay. Yeah. It's always less than what the sticker price is. Yeah. The, the, and you can talk to them a little bit and work them yeah. down with each other. That's just what I did. I had a place in like Augusta, Georgia. Yeah. And a place up in Simpsonville, maybe. Yeah. And somewhere else was sending me quotes on the vehicle that I bought. Yeah. And and but that's the thing. You're gonna give your contact. You're gonna right. give your cell phone, and you're gonna get. And they are going to contact you. Yeah, so you're gonna kind of have to deal with that. But I knew what I should be paying. They'll yeah. give you. On top of all that, they tell you this vehicle that you're looking at. Here's the average price that it sells for. Yeah. So this is probably what you can look. Yeah. To pay for this vehicle, so you already have a number that you shouldn't go over. Right. When you buy it, and I went up there and said, "Look, this is what I'm." This is what I'm willing to pay for it. And there you go. And I didn't negotiate a payment. I negotiated the price of the vehicle. Yeah. Before I negotiated a payment. Yeah. Um, and it, I don't, I mean, I still pay take, an arm and a leg, but I mean. Right, you right. Know, it, it, and it if saved you want, me a lot of time. And savewithmark.com is where you can go. <laughs> and Mark will go with you personally to buy your car. He will do all the. No. No, he will not. I'll tell you uh, what I have thought about doing. What's that? You know, I love Disney World. Oh, yeah, you do. Um, you can sign up and go through some classes to become a travel agent for Disney. Redbeard is one of those. Yes. Redbeard and his wife. Um, but you can you, you do it for free. Your yeah. service is free. Yeah. But Disney pays you when people book their vacation. Yeah. And I have thought there's so many out there that plan family vacations yeah. and blah, blah, blah. But there's not a lot of people that plan them for couples. Yeah. To say this is what couples should do. All right. Don't have children. Yeah. And specifically if you're a female that wants to go. Yeah. And maybe you need to talk the husband into it a little bit. Yeah. To say no, like here's why you want to go. Yeah, no. Because you can eat around the world. Yeah. You can drink around the world yeah. at Epcot. I mean, you can go do all. You, you know. Sugar Ray will be doing a concert. You know, when we're down there, you know who's performing? Who? Living Color. You're not serious. That's awesome, man. Living Color is going to be, and it's, I mean, they're doing it, and I'm going to be in the park anyway. Yeah. So I'm hoping to catch a live performance of uh, yeah. Cult of Personality. CM Punk, CM Punk. Yeah. Oh, that's funny, man. Dude, you should do that. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, like we're going to try to catch them. I mean, they perform no, like. No, no, no. I'm saying you should do the whole travel agent thing. You uh, should do that. 
a lot of work. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to come back to you. I'm going to come back here in six weeks if you haven't started becoming a Disney travel agent. Well, wait a minute now. <laughs> There's a lot more to it than that. That requires me to do a lot of work. And that's the holdup on that. <laughs> tell you what. What if I took the class and you just are my go-between or whatever? All I need is one more thing to do. That's it. Yeah, that's I mean, what I you need. Don't need to, and that's my problem. Like, my real job. Yeah. I get into it. I need to work. You're talking about your real job. Yeah, and our batteries died. Yeah, sorry. <clears throat> I guess all right. Um, so, yeah, I got my real job, and I don't ever know when I'm going to be needed. Yeah. So, I would hate to have people's vacations hanging in the balance and... Then me get stuck working 12 hours a day for two weeks and, and not really be able to work on their stuff, you know? Right. That's kind of what keeps me from doing it. But there's a lot of people making a lot of money doing that. Uh, so, speaking of making a lot of money, let's talk about uh, some of these wrestlers who just passed away. Um, I want to spend a majority of our time on Vader. So, let's talk about... Uh, Nikolai Volkov, who just recently passed away. Thoughts on him? Any thoughts? I hated him. As yeah. Kid. You know yeah. what I mean? Which was the yeah. idea. I mean, he would, that singing the Russian national anthem was just, yeah. Yeah, it was great. And it, the Sheik would talk about, like, you know, you hear these stories of Volkov cooking in the hotel room. Yeah. And the Iron Sheik said, like, people talk about that. It wasn't because he was, like, just being thrifty, it became a necessity for us because we had so much heat. Yeah. We, we couldn't go out and eat. They would have to wear disguises. And right. It just got to be too. Oh, Russia, uh, number one. Iran, uh, number one. <laughs> uh, USA. Uh, <laughs> oh, Iron Sheik's great, man. He is, He's man. And, and Nikolai Volkov was great, man. I always enjoyed his stuff. And if you've never seen him, I went back and watched a match. From the 70s, from the garden. Yeah. With, uh, I think it was Gorilla Monsoon he had a match with. And I've seen him have a match with Bruno. Like, if all you saw was the one that we saw, yeah. you miss out on why he was such a big deal. He was yeah. really athletic. Yeah, yeah. When he was in his prime. He was he was a really good athletic big man. There was a match, and I want to say it was in the last 10 years. A promoter didn't come through. They're doing a show at a high school, and there's no ring. Mm-hmm. And it's Bobby Fulton and Nikolai Volkov. And they rallied the locker room and they put out the gym mats mm-hmm. and they put on a wrestling show. Yeah. And Bobby Fulton and Nikolai Volkov wrestled on wrestling mats. That's great. Man. And, and made it happen. And um, uh, Brian Christopher passed away, you know, known mainly for uh, his work with Too Cool. Mm-hmm. Which you talk about guys just getting something over. Yeah, Those man. guys were oh Yeah, they were, man. They were. Like, I could think about Brian Christopher, and I can honestly say this. I don't ever recall seeing him on TV and not being entertained. No, right. You know what I mean? He yeah. just had a, his smile and the way, when, the way he danced when he would come to. I remember yeah. he'd do this little dance coming down yeah. the aisle. Dude was great, man. He yeah. was, he was funny. He had, you know naturally a funny guy. Right, right. Um, it ain't over yet with that. No, there's there's a lot, a lot of questions. Yeah, there's a lot of questions about that, man. And I hope they get to the bottom of it. And yeah, figure out what happened because I am also after reading some of the evidence, not convinced that he committed suicide. Oh, I'll have to check that out. I haven't. It's, I haven't. Like Lawler's kind of. 
pushing it too. Right. He's got enough pull to make to get that right. look into where like if I'm not mistaken, and I don't want to say anything that's not true, but this is what I read that the bruises on his neck indicate that he had his hands up underneath something oh. trying to keep it off of his throat. Oh. Because he's really bruised down the sides of his neck, but he's not bruised in the front. Oh, which wow. Which would indicate that he had his hands there. Wow. Trying to pull something wow. off. Um, so it's, you know, and evidently he was in solitary because somebody, he'd already been jumped on. Oh, wow. And beat up, I think. Um, or wow. had, had had some fight. He'd already been in a fight with another inmate. Well, it wasn't that long ago. He no-showed a show in North Carolina because uh-huh. he had gotten – Right. Beat up pretty right. good. By I another wrestler. Right, right. Uh, Brickhouse Brown also passed away. Uh, I don't don't know a whole lot about I don't him. Either. I, you know, I've watched the shoot interviews, which are some of the most entertaining yeah. shoot interviews that you'll, <laughs> that you'll see. I don't know how much truth there was to some of the stuff he was saying. Right, right. He was an entertaining guy, man. Tough guy. Entertaining. I just I wish I knew more about him, but I don't. Yeah. Uh, I don't pretend to. Right. I don't go do a bunch of Google research so I can sound like I know what I'm talking about with these guys. Right. Uh, yeah. Jim Neidhart, who died sadly, man, basically just had a fall at his home. I know. That's awful. Uh, very similar to what happened with Dusty Rhodes, it, yeah. it appears. Mm-hmm. Um, Neidhart had, had not been in ill health or anything. I uh, don't know about that. Oh, there's I, some, I, I have, there's some speculation that he was in the very, very early stages of Alzheimer's. Okay. I wasn't uh, aware of that. Yeah, I think he was. He was. They said a lot of fans that have met him have talked about how forgetful he was. Oh, and, and I, I think that a lot of people suspect he, he kept been kept quiet. But okay, he was, he was starting to show signs of dementia. And, oh wow. Um. So that's you know, sad man. Like he was the Hart Foundation, as you know, Bret Hart is one of my favorites, and the Hart Foundation were one of right. my favorite tag teams growing up. I saw him. I got to see them live in Clemson. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I love the <laughs> to me. To me, with the Heart Foundation, what made them work is like there was part of you that was like, or me, there's part of me that's like, man, I could kick Bret Hart's butt, but I ain't messing with Anvil. Right. right. And that's what, and they just were the, ah, oh, they were just the perfect combination. They were, and they were from that era where they were a lot of tag team moves. Yeah. You know what I mean? They used a lot yeah. of double team maneuvers and stuff like that. I would love to have seen. Them and the Midnight Express. I yes, mean, that would be a dream tag team. Yeah, matchup for me. The the Heart Foundation and the Midnight Express. I think would have been awesome. Yeah, to see. Oh, with the managers out there. Right. You got him, baby. You got him. Uh-huh. Um. Oh, that yeah. Uh, yeah. Great, great, great stuff. And then finally, I you know I want to spend a majority of our time. Uh, Big Van Vader, who passed away in in June, and we just haven't had opportunity to record right. um, since then. Uh, we had the opportunity to meet him several years ago in Charlotte. I know you've talked about your interaction with him before, but I'd love for you to share that story again. It was just cool to, to get to meet the guy. I mean, we were talking earlier, and you said, you want to do three different shows? And I was like, I think if we'd have done it right after he died, right. I could have done three different shows. But now, I mean – I think you just talk about it, and and I don't know that we need to do three shows out of right. it. I think that would be too much, and it would yeah. almost be exploited. There's very few guys that I list of my favorites. Right. There's a lot of guys I really like, but as far as my favorites go, he's definitely on that list of 
my all-time favorites to watch and then to get to meet him and and um and tell him and shake his hand and tell him I thought he was the greatest big man and it flattered him you know yeah. what I mean like it really did yeah cuz he was serious about his legacy and how yeah. he was going to be you got to remember for him he was a pro athlete yeah um and he treated wrestling like it was pro athletics yes you hear people who know him talk about the way he he treated it as a business and mm-hmm. and he looked out for himself and it was he's conceited yeah if you've ever Listen to any of his shoot interviews yeah. and the way he talks about himself. He had a very high opinion of himself. Yes. Um, I would rather have somebody that has a high opinion of themselves. Yeah. Takes what they do seriously. Yeah. Than somebody that doesn't care if they win or lose. That's right. That's but, right. You know, I'd just rather have that. Man. Right. I'd rather have a guy that knows his worth and knows what he's good at. And he was, for his size, I would still contend the greatest Big man. Andre drew more money than Vader. Yeah. I don't think there's – and even Vader probably – I know he wouldn't argue it. Uh, yeah. Andre drew the most money. Andre was the bigger attraction. Right. But in ring, yeah. there was never – even Bam Bam right. was not as good as Big Van No, you're right. He thought he was. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't. He right. was not as good as Big Van Vader. Um, Vader – and a lot of it, I, I would give credit – and I think he does too, to the fact that listen, I'm a big dude. We're not built for speed. Yeah. Um, and it, most guys our size get winded mm-hmm. pretty quick because you got. I mean, right. You're pushing a Mack truck with a C cell battery, or, <laughs> you know, devolt whatever. Right. Um, so the heart has a tendency to slow you down a little bit. Your yeah. lungs are, you know. So, but Vader trained. In Denver, Colorado, right, the Ayers Center, yes, um, and he has always attributed that to probably why he was able to do some of the things that to have the stamina that he had, right. At that at that size is not an easy thing to do, but when you train in an environment where the oxygen level is is less, then you come down into where you it's almost like doping, yeah, to get that extra <laughs> oxygen, you yeah. Know what I mean, and he was able to. To go at another level that most guys his size couldn't go at. Yeah. Uh, ever. Right. No. Ever. There's in the history. In the history of wrestling, been a big guy that size that had that kind of stamina. Yeah. And could work. His, and his stuff was, you know, Foley wrote in his book, he said, there's three kinds of guys. There's guys whose work looks sloppy. And you can see, and he he used, I think that Foley said, this is not me, but the Nasty Boys would be an example. Yeah. Where everything looks sloppy, but it really hurts. Yeah. And then there's some guys like like Ric Flair, where everything looks sharp, everything looks crisp, and everything looks like it's being laid in, and you don't feel a thing. Yeah. And then there's guys like Vader, where there's no holes in their work. Yeah. And it hurts. Yeah. And that was Vader. Yeah. I I did not... I had not heard of Vader until he came to WCW, mm-hmm. uh, if I'm not mistaken, with Harley Race. And I'd never seen anything like him. No, no. There was it just was something a, about yeah. him, the mask. the He had this mystique to him. Mm-hmm. And they did a good job of building this mystique. And it was all well-earned. I mean, I didn't know till later the history in Japan and, and really um, – just the opportunity he got with Japan and Inoki mm-hmm. that really, really, really put him on the map. Yeah, like um, 
I mean, the deal with Anokia, for the, a lot of people don't know. I think I always hear two names. I know one name for sure. Mm-hmm. They offered the big Van Vader gimmick to Jim Helwig. Yeah. And he turned it down to be the ultimate warrior. Yeah. And I think they offered it to Sid Vicious as well. Oh. And he turned it down. Uh-huh. Um, but Leon White, who yeah. had had been the baby bull and had had these matches against auto ones in Japan. And I mean, in Germany and had 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 worked for the AWA. Yeah. Um, he legitimately played for the Rams. Yeah. Super bowl ring with the Rams. I think. Yeah. He's got a super bowl ring with somebody. I think Vader did. I want to say he did Jim Ross's podcast and it was, it was just a great interview. He went into all that. So if you can find that or yeah, one of his shoot Steve interviews, maybe that was that. Maybe that was with Steve. No, I think he did both. I, I think he did both, yeah. both guys. But um, um, and he's done a couple of shoot interviews. Uh, and he's he's it's about praising Vader, it's, right? We're talking about other people, but he always brings it. Bret Hart's the same way. Yeah, it always goes back to him. Um, but then to give him that gimmick, just to give him that gimmick was not enough because mm-hmm. that gimmick alone, as cool as it was, right. probably wouldn't have worked. But when you take a legend like Antonio Inoki and he went out and just destroys Inoki. Yeah. And everybody thought, even the guys and the the young guys around the ring thought he had legitimately injured Inoki. Yeah. And they had a, a real riot. He's one of the last guys in wrestling to cause a real riot. Yeah. With, by beating Anoki up like that. And yeah. He was, Is that on YouTube? Yeah. Okay. It's, I posted it in our patrons group, I think. Okay. Um, right after he died. But it just, I mean, it set him on a, on a different course, man. Right. I mean, it, it worked cause, because Anoki did the honors for him. Yeah. And it allowed him to do that because Anoki knew that business was getting stale. Yeah. And yeah. then, you know, we praised the, the G1 tournament Mm -hmm. you know that the original g1 tournament was muda and vader right and the only footage of it is uh like a handheld handheld right um but it's an incredible match and it it was it was vader putting muda in in that the position to get over because muda had come here he had had some success then he went back and they built they were building him up and he went in had that match and, and beat big van vader and became the first um, Grand Prix champion. Right. And set his career. Right, you know, right. On a, on a different path in Japan where he's just a legend. Yeah. Now. Um, and a lot of that started with Big Van Vader. Wow, wow. Um, everybody talks about the Hanson match, mm-hmm. the eyeball. That's, and I love that New Japan, um, like the right after he died, they put it up and it's finally in it like it was a high-quality – Oh yeah, um, unedited, the full version of that match. They gave they put it up for free. Really on YouTube? Yeah, after after he, I posted it in the group too. Uh, yeah, um, I've seen that several times. So to finally get to see it, like as I've always seen, like the grainy tenth generation copy of it. You <laughs> right. know what I mean? But to really see how bad his eye was. Yeah, because you really it was you could see it, but it was always kind of blurry. It's scary, man. That's ah, messed up, man. It was messed up. Uh, and then he obviously comes here, and and I I've always felt like, and, and I'm just, listen. I'm obviously not the first person to say that Sting got to a certain level with Ric Flair, a certain style. Uh-huh. But really, Vader took Sting to a whole another level. He made, he made Sting a legit. He legitimized. Yes, Sting. 
um, as a tough guy. He wasn't yeah. just this blonde-haired surfer guy. I watched those that those three matches that they had, like on pay-per-view. And yeah. They're the best matches Sting ever had. Yeah. With the exception of the Flair match, I don't know that Sting ever had a better match. Yeah. Than he did with those those that strap match. Still stands the test of time as one of the best strap matches you'll ever see. Even the uh, vignette. Oh man, the, the White movie. Castle of Fear. It's as goofy <laughs> and as silly as it was. I mean, it was so. I remember watching it and going, "What? What? What is going on here?" Yeah, and he um, stings in the helicopter, and yeah, yeah it's just. Uh, oh, that was great, man. They don't do stuff. stuff like that anymore, man. Oh, there's probably a reason. But you could do like. I feel like you could do, yeah. I mean, I want to do something, not something that cheesy, but I feel like you could do. Oh yeah, definitely, you could do some some storylines or something. Like that. Yeah, yeah. That those matches though were great, and then the same with Foley, the Vader Foley matches were some of my favorites of all time because I was such a big Cactus Jack fan and a big Vader fan. Yeah. The Texas Death Match. Yeah, the Texas Halloween Death Havoc. Match. The, but I remember watching um, the night on TBS when Vader power bombed him on the floor. Yeah. And Jesse Ventura, I learned this from Ventura, and yeah. I did it recently. Yeah. Um, from this, and it was it was inspired by this. Yeah. Um, Ventura made that segment better. Yeah. Because he always advocated for the heels, and it was always making excuses for him, blah mm-hmm. blah blah. But on this night, when Vader powerbombed Foley on the floor, Ventura broke character, yeah, and said, "No, this is too much. Yeah, I need to go down there and check on this guy. Yeah, I need to. I'm gonna go help him and make sure this guy's right. Yeah, because when the there's another example we talked about recently with um, Butch Reed." When Jim Cornette was getting in Bill Watts' face. Yeah. And Butch Reed's a heel, too. Yeah. But he walked away from the situation. Right. Because he knew that getting in Watts' face was taking it too far. Right. So anytime somebody who's a heel tells you somebody's taking things too far. Right. Then you have, in my estimation, you have put that over the top. Yeah. By that. Instead of advocating for him. Yeah. Even you're saying he is so dastardly mm-hmm. for doing that. That even I don't approve of it. Have you heard that recently? I have me? heard that recently. Yeah, you've heard, you've heard me do that. Yeah, recently. you said this is too much, man. This is un, this is just he he doesn't need to do this, man. Right. This is too far. I loved it. Right. Because I knew what you were doing. Because yeah. If the bad guy tells you right that he's doing something that I wouldn't do, yeah, then you've really put him over his evil. Right. Right. And you hope you hope that the person. You hope they hear that commentary, and you hope that they take that and they do something right. with it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, maybe I think they will. Um, Vader, you know the the big match that we didn't get to see was going to be Starcade, him and Sid Vicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it wound up being that's weird that <clears throat> the Vader Vicious stuff was always this thing that because it was going to happen in wwf right and it kind of got derailed uh and that was always the thing with him like he i mean obviously we'll we'll get there but um hogan comes in yeah and 
He just killed like everything that had been built up to make Vader a killer. Right. Vader's was still understood. Yeah. That we got to put Hogan over in the end. Yeah. Of this thing, but it's like Hogan. I when Hogan came to WCW, I hated it. Yeah. Because I knew what was fixing to happen to Vader, and it and it happened not yeah. just to Vader to yeah. that company. Like yeah. I knew because they were on such a roll. Yeah. It was getting WCW was getting so good with the quality of what they were doing in the ring with the. Dustin Rhodes coming along. Yeah. Whether you like the goofy natural, he would have outgrown that the, the natural stuff. Natural. There would have been there would have been some changes to that. Right. right? And Steve Austin and Brian Pillman, yeah. and Rick Flair and Ricky Steamboat and Sting. Rick Rude. Rick Rude. Like the level, the the level of talent that was there and the matches that they were having. Even Larry Zabisco and Arn Anderson. Um how often is it in wrestling? Like at that point in WCW, the the in-ring was so much better. And I guess that was always even with Crockett. Yeah. The, the in-ring, in-ring was, was always, always better than the production and everything. Right. Whereas WWE was kind of the opposite. Uh-huh. So I knew when Hogan came in, like, this, it's over. Yeah. And sure enough, you just watched all of a sudden the the Flares and the Austins and the Pillmans and the Roods are being replaced by the Duggins and the Honky Tonk Man. <laughs> The Brutus Beefcakes and Zodiac, you know, the Zodiac, the Butcher, and, and the Dungeon of Doom. I mean, now we, you know, John Tenta <laughs> becomes a shark. And John Tenta was such a great big man. The Yate, Yate, and uh, I just to watch it all unravel and Vader to get caught in that wake. Um, and then, yeah, and he, know, yeah, the the obviously the deal with um, with Orndorff. Right. That kind of leads to him getting fired and kind of killed some of his mystique. Right. I mean, right. You know, and here there's, you hear so, there's some people that tell the story that Orndorff just whooped him. Yeah. And some people tell the story that, well, it wasn't, it wasn't necessarily one, one sided. Right. Like, I think the people that push the, Orndorff just smacked him around and knocked him out. Yeah. I think those are the people that probably didn't like Vader. Right. So they like telling that version of the story. Right. The truth is probably somewhere. In the middle. In the, you know, Vader was being loud mouth and Orndorff popped off and Vader popped off and they had a match and Orndorff wound up on top of him, which doesn't surprise me. Right. Orndorff was a tough guy. It's not, people act like Vader getting beat up by Orndorff is like, would be like Ellsworth beating up. Brock Lesnar, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean, and that's right. not the case. I mean, right. it's not like Orndorff was some chump, right? <laughs> you know what I mean. So to get beat up by Paul Orndorff, it's either. not like wrestling today where guy where guys can't handle themselves, right? Right? Or like Vader might have even. I mean, where people would have been afraid of the confrontation today, right? No, those guys weren't afraid of the confrontation when right. they lost. But everybody agrees on one thing about that situation: is that when Ming walked in and told him to stop, they stopped. Right, and even Vader said, "Is is braggadocious as he could be." And his version of the story is, "Hey, I just didn't hit back because he was whatever." Even Vader admitted, "I was not, I had no interest in fighting Ming." Yeah, he said it flat out. I had no interest in fighting Ming. So when <laughs> he said stop, we stopped. <laughs> oh man, uh, he's going to be in Spartanburg here September twenty second. Well, never mind. Uh-huh. 
Right. Yeah. Uh, you'll be unavailable. Yeah. Um. Then Vader goes to WWF. Uh-huh. And uh, most people that I have listened to, he he went in hurt. Yes. Uh, oh, that's true. Uh, yeah, torn road, you know, yeah, messed up the shoulder. They did the the suspension with Gorilla Monsoon, which is a great. Yes, it is a great angle when they, yes. he beat Monsoon up because nobody had put their hands on Monsoon in years. Yeah, um, somebody did, and just a brawl around somebody did. So it might have been like the Brooklyn. Bra- I mean, it was some right. insignificant thing where somebody grabbed him, but nobody had touched Gorilla Monsoon for years. Yeah, for years, man, and then Vader just. Squashes it. See, we I think if you go back, we did a series WWF in '96, and we covered that, mm-hmm. and that's the first time I had seen that, and uh, that's the year Shawn Michaels just has this great string of uh, matches, but right. and Vader Vader's one of those, but I, and, a, and another case of the heel saying this is too much is Cornette's managing Vader and saying, please stop. You yeah. can't do this. Yeah, yeah. You know, so that's another example of a heel telling another heel they're going too far. Um, I, I'm out. What if Vader goes into WWF healthy and with his mystique? What, yeah. what, 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 ha- what? I think the same thing happens. Really? Yeah, I just think Shawn Michaels, for some reason, has always been this guy that has Vince McMahon's ear. Yeah. And I just, I mean, that pretty much is what happened. He didn't right. like working with Vader. Yeah. So he got it changed. I don't know. I don't. I think if Vader had gone in healthy mm-hmm. with his mystique and understanding that he was in a different environment. Right. And maybe he didn't need to work quite so stiff. Mm-hmm. I think that was what a lot of people had the issue with. Some guys like that. But right. you know a guy like Shawn Michaels, he doesn't want to work stiff. No. So you maybe you ease up a little bit. Right. You make him more comfortable. You kind of do some of the stuff to, to make him look good. And maybe, uh, you know, maybe things go a little different. Right. Shawn Michaels always left when it was time to put somebody over. If right. he wasn't a friend of his. No, very want, true. He didn't want to do it. Yeah. Um, that's well documented. Yeah. Yeah, all the top guys are like that. Right, they should be. That's why a lot of people. This is way off base, but I was thinking about this with Roman Reigns the other day. People say, "Why does Vince McMahon keep on and on and on with this Roman Reigns thing?" And I think it's because he's never had a top guy before where it mattered if he left, and maybe that's what he wants. Hmm. I mean, he had Steve Austin when he left; it impacted the business. When Hogan left, it impacted business. Bret Hart. Shawn Michaels, Ultimate Warrior, Randy Savage. If John Cena left, it would have impacted business. Every top guy that you can think of that that company's ever had from Bruno. Yeah. When Bruno, I mean, Backlund, Graham, all that far back. Anytime there was a top guy in that company, they always wind up refusing to do something. Yeah. Or holding Vince McMahon up for money. Yeah. And forcing him to have to make major changes. Whereas if Roman Reigns pulls the I don't want to lose card. Then he just says, okay, you don't have to lose. You're off the show, and it doesn't matter. Right. He can right. keep trucking with the other six guys who are mid-card main eventers. Mid-card main eventers. There's a there's a faction right there. <laughs> We're the mid-card main eventers, and let me tell you, you're not going to get one over on us. <laughs> um, no, that's exactly right, man. He just got, he's created this formula, and he, now he just plugs people in and out. 
of it. Yeah, if if Reigns leaves, it doesn't matter, dude. No. Okay. No, they'll just, we'll right. put Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins leave. All right, we got okay. Dean Ambrose. Yeah. All right, we got Braun Strowman. Yeah, and if that doesn't work, we'll use Randy Orton for three months till we get somebody else ready. Right. Right. No, that's brilliant, man. Um, because here's the thing. Now, where's Roman Reigns going to go? Right after he wins the title, that chase is over. Right. Let me. Uh, I again, kind of getting off subject. I, I was talking. That's to where I think Braun has to turn heel. If that's the route you're going, you got to make Braun a heel again. Yeah. And he cashes in at the end. I, I mean, just let Reigns be beat down, beat down, beat down. If that's the route you're going with it, you'll hear three or four weeks from now me lay out another scenario. Yeah. That we recorded before we recorded. <laughs> um, but just. You know, have have Reigns beat up and destroyed, and then, you know, Strowman cash in. Strowman come in and cash in. Yeah, after he beats, or even before he beats Lesnar, that would make that would make Strowman the biggest baby face in. It's a weird thing, yeah. man. Yeah, it's whether he cashed in on Lesnar or Reigns, right? He's still gonna be the baby face in the scenario. Yeah. So such a weird company where the baby faces are actually the heels, and the heels are the baby faces. Right. Right. Yeah. Um. I was talking to somebody the other night. They were talking about a local promotion, and there was a, they wanted they felt things were getting a little stale. And they wanted to just to kind of do a roster shake, a roster shake up, and bring in some new guys and some new blood. And I was thinking back to when wrestling was so hot. And and again, I'm way off topic, but I wanted to ask you this before we left for the day: what? How much of the the Attitude Era, the Monday Night Wars, how much of that had to do with roster shakeups? I think that was part of it. I think it was always I got to tune in to see who jumps. Right. And I think that mm-hmm. that elevated things because you had, you had this constant influx of it. There was an, always a turnover. And new guys were leaving and new guys were coming in. And whereas now, I think they've tried to do it with the – uh, they tried to do it with the brand split. Right, right. Uh, and I think you've said it before, the way to do the brand split is do a true brand split, and then you have your Super Bowl every year. Or right. I mean, I think you've said that and other people yeah, have I'm said sure that. I'm sure it ain't just me. Um, but, yeah, I just I, – I, I, um, And it was in that era when they admitted, okay, we're working. So everything's a work. Except for this guy who's jumped over yeah. to our company, he's going to come out and cut a promo, and it's not going to be a work. Yeah, yeah, that's he's right. He's going to tell you the behind the scenes dirt sheet stuff that you've been wanting to know <laughs> about what it was really like to be in WCW with Hulk Hogan. Now he's coming over here, and he's going to cut a promo tonight. He's going to very thinly suggest to you. But you'll know what he's talking about. Right, right. You know, but we can't get sued. We don't want to get sued here by saying certain things. But you'll know what he's talking about. So everything else is a work. But when this guy jumps over here tonight, he's going to cut a promo, and that's going to be a shoot. That's going to be You're real. You're going to be able to believe that. That's funny, man. Don't believe any of this. But this. But this you should believe. But it worked for a while. Yeah. It worked till it didn't. It hot-shotted an entire industry. Right, and we were talking. Somebody we were talking the other day. You and somebody online about the what? What did it? What would it take to establish a real heel now? Yeah, 
Right. I firmly believe um, that the enforcement of rules. Yes. It's not about um, why don't you fat sweat hogs sit down. Yeah. You know, that's, that is a type of heel. And yeah. I mean, you can do that kind of thing. But if you really had real rules and you really enforced those rules, if, if, if nobody used a pile driver for, yeah. for six or eight months. Yeah. And because we, because you pile drove somebody and they got injured. Yeah. So we're banning the pile driver. Right. And we're not going to let people punch each other anymore. Yeah. And you can't throw your opponents over the top rope. Yeah. And you, can't get more than a 10 count. If you enforced those rules, mm-hmm. you put your hands on the referee, you get disqualified. Yeah. Throw him over the top rope. Right. Um, could you imagine then six months later when somebody does pile drive somebody behind the referee's back, that guy's a heel. Yeah. Of course, the fans would probably still cheer him doing it. Right. Um, you can't punch anybody. You can't. And then when a guy would punch somebody – when the ref wasn't looking, you know what I mean? You just establish rules right? and, and, and don't break them for a long time. Yeah. And then when somebody does break a rule, that's what heels do. Can't cheat. What's your thought? Uh, again, I was, I was doing commentary on a match. What are your thoughts on heels throwing forearms? I just felt I, I, it was, it got to a point they were trading blows and I'm like, dude, if you're the bad guy. I'm tired of watching everybody do that. Right. It's not no. – heel and baby face doesn't have anything to do with it. I just find that a little tired and played out. At yeah. That's, everybody's doing that. Everybody does try. the trading of blows. Right, right. I would try to do something different, man. Yeah. Try to do something that everybody's not doing. Right. I I watched um, – yeah, nobody's just vicious. Just be vicious. Just go in there and try Nobody, to rip a guy's face. Everybody wants to wrestle. Right, everybody wants to wrestle. Yeah. And nobody wants to take a man and run his bootlaces through across his eyes or run his eyes across the top rope or or fish hook his mouth when yeah. you got him down and pull it, you know. Yeah. Or try to hook his eye or try to put your finger in his ear or yeah. you know, you see a lot of guys now they do the the finger split. Yeah. You know, I see that a lot. Yeah. Which is great, which is good. Yeah. But nobody like uses the ropes and drapes anybody's arm over the rope and kick the rope. You know, right, you just right. don't see a lot of that kind of stuff anymore. Yeah. Um Yeah, they're so you know They want to win with a move. They don't want to win because they cheated. Right. Right. Whereas I've always thought, man, just if you just don't break the rules, then when a guy holds somebody's trunks for a pin or he pulls somebody's hair. You put your feet on the ropes. It's little stuff. Plus, if you have more rules, it gives you so many more options. Like you, right. you think about how many times in the NWA Jim Crockett did the guy get thrown over the top rope, and that played into the the ref didn't see it, or the ref Tommy uh-huh. Young was down and he did see it, and right. he saw him get thrown over the top rope, and uh-huh. that's a disqualification. It just gives you so many. It gives you so many more options. Mm-hmm. Of where to go, and it gives you instead of having all right, what finishes can we do? Well, pinfall. That's pretty much it. Nobody wants that's to tap the only out finishes anymore. Yeah, that's yeah. I'm gonna hit my finish, and that's gonna be it. I'm like, okay, why? You know, why? And I think you- that's fine for a guy at a certain level to beat a guy underneath him with his finish. Yeah, 
And I think it's okay for two guys in a main event to hit that. But I don't think every match should end with a finish. No. With a finishing maneuver, so to speak. Sometimes, man, it, the other week, you know, somebody just hits a clothesline. And nobody's mm-hmm. expected that to be the finish, but it was. And, the, and it was cool. Um, I also feel like everything shouldn't be a two-and-a-half count. Yes, I agree. Because I mean, it, I'm even for, like, guys getting out of the pinfall attempt before there's a one. Yeah. Make it a struggle, man. Yeah, I think – I don't – to me, it's gotten to the point where a guy kicks out and it's this – everybody does the shocked face. I can't believe it. Uh-huh. If you've never pinned anybody in a match with the move you just did, why are you shocked that the guy kicked out? Yeah, exactly. If we know that every match is won with a finisher, then no one should be shocked that they – it's that we've been conditioned. And I like it better when – and we've talked about this. I like it better you don't act shocked. You just keep on the guy. And I think, you know, we, we talked about in another episode about Craig Classic. That was one thing I really liked about him. I don't know when that episode's coming out. We talked about him at Pro Wrestling Turbo. And a guy kicked out, and he just went right into another hold. Right. And I I really dug that. Really, uh, really dug that. Uh, but Big Van Vader, one of Mark's favorites. And don't forget, a lot of people think, I want to throw this in to kind of wrap it up. A lot of people think, oh, it was such a bad ending with him leaving WWF. He went back to Japan. Yeah. And had a career resurgence. Oh, okay. That most people don't even realize. Had great matches with Masawa and Kobashi and a couple of other guys. He had mm-hmm. some Great matches for pro wrestling Noah. Yeah. And kind of ended his – and then he wound up doing the stuff with Will yeah. Ospreay. And right. he did some things on the independents and mm-hmm. whatnot. But, like, that last run he had in Japan, he had some really good matches. I saw him wrestle Flex uh, Armstrong in uh, Spartanburg several years ago. Yeah. Right after we started. I don't think they really – I don't think they ended up doing a match because I think Flex Armstrong ended up leaving the ring and getting counted out. Although he just lost that title, the big-time wrestling title, to Kevin Nash. Yeah, who would have thought? Who would have uh, Who would have thought? So, anyway, Big Van Vader, uh, one of the greats, one of the all-time greats, and one of Mark's favorites. Mm-hmm. Not just great, but one of his favorites. So, hey, we hope we're one of your favorites. You can tell us your, that we're one of your favorites. Patreon.com slash double dropkick. You can become a patron for as little as a dollar a month. We're going to be putting a lot more patrons content up there and uh, actually going to be changing some of our tiers. Don't worry if you're already a patron, that pay, a patron, that's not going to affect you. We're going to just add some different rewards and stuff. We got the SOS custom network now. So we got some footage uh, that we're going to kind of tie in uh, as some of our patron rewards. So I'm pretty, pretty excited about that. SOSCustomNetwork.com. You can subscribe for four ninety nine a month. Uh, just uploaded, if you're listening to this, Friday, August 17th, we just uploaded uh, Palmetto Championship Wrestling's uh, latest show, Law and Disorder. And also, if you're listening to this and you're already on high spots, uh, you we have a category, SOS Custom Network, and that helps us out too. Uh, when you watch our videos on high spots, uh, we get a kickback for that and greatly appreciate that. So we're also on Twitter. I'm at Heath Mulliken. I'm at the DDK show. We're on Facebook. Oh, I'm at Heath Mulliken. Did I say that uh-huh. already? 
Anyway, we're on uh, Facebook. Like our page, The Double Drop Kick Show. Like SOS Custom Tees. Like SOS Custom Wrestling Network. Like Battle Zone. Like them all. Like everything. Uh, because uh, we know you like us. So I want to say thanks to Mark Whitman. It's been a great day. I'm, we both are just tired. Mm-hmm. We are both dragging right now. I know, man. But, you know, we powered through uh, this hour-long episode. But all I got to say now is, as always, for the Double Dropkick Show, I'm Heath Mulliken. And I'm Mark Whitman. And that's it this week, fans. So long for now.